Wednesday, it must be left, right, and center. It is Wednesday, and it is left, right, and center. Uh, Jeff Schlemmer and uh, Robert Metz in the studio. Nice to see you guys. Morning, Jim. Thank you. I want to, uh, I, I don't know where either of my co-hosts stand on this particular issue. And again, I'm not so sure it's necessarily a left and right issue, but I, I want, with your indulgence, guys, to talk about something that happened earlier on the show today. I made some statements near the beginning of the program that I wasn't going to talk about this uh, dog attacking this young child. Terribly tragic thing. The little boy's still in, in critical condition, but we're told he will survive. And with any luck, he'll regain the use of his arm and so on and so on. The two dogs have been destroyed. Um, and and I, the, the point I made at the time was I, I wasn't sure there was anything useful to be served by discussing this because it always comes down to, uh, you know, shoot the dogs or hang the owners. It seems to be one of the two, and, and life goes on. Lady phoned and chastised me roundly for uh, not talking about the issue, saying that that was entirely wrong, that this is a very important issue, and that there are some, some elements to it that are beyond just, gee, dog bites man, dog dies. You know, it's kind of, that's the automatic in our society. If you, anybody or anything, well, anything rather, that attacks a human being it warrants death, and we, we kill all kinds of things for having the temerity to attack us. Um, her point was that some of these dogs are genetically and physiologically predisposed to be violent, that they are killing machines, that's what they were bred for, that's what they are, and that we're kidding ourselves if we think that these animals have any place in our society at all, that they are violent, they are unsafe, they are unstable, um, they can turn on you at a moment's notice without any warning at all, and uh, ergo, we should ban them. We should uh, pass, as she said, pass new laws to ban these animals. I responded by saying that, well, that's not my understanding, talking to vets, that this genetic predisposition business is questionable at best, but she claims to have all sorts of studies to prove it, and I didn't want to argue that with her, and I don't want to argue that today. But what I do want to ask you, fellas, is the, well, the upshot of our conversation, too, was that the problem, whether or not these animals are inherently dangerous, the problem still comes back to the owner that uh, irresponsible pet owners are going to have irresponsible pets and are going to behave irresponsibly with them. She said, we can't do anything about the pet owners, so let's, let's ban the animals, and that will at least solve this part of the problem. Do you think, Bob, is, is, that, is that the kind of approach that, that will help us ultimately deal with the problems of these dysfunctional owners? Is banning these dogs going to serve any useful purpose? I don't think so. I think what we're doing is trying to make an object responsible instead of the person who owns the object responsible. Sort of like gun control, you know. Let's get rid of all the guns and then the owners will become responsible. I think the whole issue is that we already really have laws that take care of these things. The owners are clearly responsible for the action of their property. If it's a living animal and it mm -hmm. does damage to someone else, we have laws in place to take care of that. And that's where the recourse is taken. The problem, as I see it, is that our courts are so clogged up with things and it's so expensive to go to court and that makes the whole system inaccessible that we look to more legislation to try and circumvent the whole thing from ever happening and never having to face the, the ultimate consequence of something like that. And then we get into laws that are sort of preventative laws instead of recursive laws, trying to, uh, you know, basically put people in jail before they've committed a crime type of idea, only in this case they might be talking about animals. Um, you know, licensing, I just see that as a form of taxation and control. It's, it, well, now, she doesn't know. want to license them. She wants to ban them outright. She wants them well, destroyed. 
that's that's the extreme argument. Licensing is a secondary argument, but uh, you know that's why I'm bringing it in, into the equation. It's a uh, it uh, it doesn't really mean that because someone's licensed, they're going to be more responsible or never have an accident. I don't even know what the circumstances of this case that we just heard about are. Um, to what degree are the owners responsible? I don't know. There's been little... Maybe somebody else broke in the yard and let the dogs out mm -hmm. or something. Who knows? But her contention then, her response to that, I'm sure, and I think I can speak for Lenore on that, her response would be if the dogs were not in the yard in the first place, then the whole nasty scenario would have been avoided. If the dogs had been illegal and these people well, had not like had these saying, dogs... If we didn't have cars, nobody would get killed. If we didn't have guns, nobody would get shot. If we didn't walk in the morning, we wouldn't have heart attacks. I mean, you can go on and on ad infinitum with arguments like that. You can't create a society around that idea you have to have clear clear lines of responsibility jeff well how do you see this this is that any kind of a reasonable response or could we expect reasonable results from that response well i think the first thing is that uh that the system every so often fails and it obviously failed in this case the question for me is sort of whether there's some logical way of ensuring that it not fail i, I think uh, as you had said this morning it's a terrible tragedy nobody wants this to happen nobody is going to defend that at all it's a question of how do you best prevent it uh in a sort of a reasonable way as bob said you know theoretically we could each lock our, our doors each morning and not go out and you'd be at less risk risk of certain accidents it's just not practical um but for my end of it um I'm also sensitive to, uh, if anybody's going to take the uh, the, the pro-government regulation side here, I guess it'll be me. <laughs> but I, but I, frankly, I don't know that much about dogs. I don't know anything about this particular issue uh, to say whether or not there's a genetic predisposition or any of that kind of stuff. I don't know. If that's true, then that's something that would go back to the predictability issue. And if it is true that you can predict that uh, certain animals like more likely to cause a problem, then you, then you ban it. And we have done that with exotic animals. You can't keep a lion at your house, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, and it's a question of when you get into animals that we're used to. I think it's, it's, it's often harder for people to get in talk about banning something that we've always had around than it is to say, we're not going to allow you to have a lion. Nobody would be shocked by that. But when you start talking about dog breeds, people get more sort of, well, we've always had dogs around. I've heard pit bulls discussed more often than any other breed mm -hmm. as being one. If there's a candidate, although I'm told they're not a breed, they're a, they're a type of terrier that's trained in a particular way. Um, but... Uh, one thing that, that it raises, though, for me is uh, raising this topic about genetic predisposition. I'm interested that we, we say that about animals, but we never say it about people. Maybe it's just because we're, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, but you can't talk about genetic people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this whole predisposition thing, I, I just don't know that much about it. But I suspect that if there is such a thing in, in animals, there probably is in people, too. And I've never heard of suggesting that a particular person from a, a particular family that it's got a history of crime or something should be treated in a different way. Uh, until they actually do the bad thing. The, the problem with it here, obviously, is that the, once they do the bad thing, it's too late. Lenore's point, and Lenore, if you're listening today, we don't usually allow people to, uh, to get on twice in one day, but if you do want to join this discussion, please feel free to give us a call, and we'll be happy to, uh, to add you to our, to our little roundtable today. Um, the, uh, uh, the, one of the points that Lenore, Lenore made earlier today was that, that um, by banning these animals, we would preclude... Um, the kinds of things that happened to this child and and if she's you know said if it were your child you'd feel differently about this i don't think there's any question that if there had been no rottweilers in that community that a, a, no rottweiler would have attacked this little boy if there hadn't been any it wouldn't have happened uh, where do we and bob will ask you this question where do we draw the line on what ifs uh, and, and you, you raised the point earlier about the seat belts and all sorts of things and, well, and jeff actually sort of define the issue at the opening part of his comments. He said, he first said that the system failed in the case that we just heard about. 
And I'm not sure that's the case, but the system failed if Jeff's goal is what the system's goal is, and that is to prevent these things from happening rather than providing recourse. But the question is, how do you best prevent it? And I think it is by making certain that there is a certain and strict and, and you know, um, you know, just recourse mm -hmm. to any action like this that happens. That's the kind of thing that makes owners responsible. Most dog owners know that they're responsible. If their dog does something to someone else's property, they don't question that principle. The issue is the when you have a dog here. that's a little more... Well, the system hasn't failed. The dogs have been destroyed. The I system know, did the that. in very bad shape. Well, that can't be prevented. That's, this is what I'm getting at. The system isn't there to prevent every possibility of an accident or or even of a violent attack that someone may do on purpose. You can't stop someone from doing that. Well, I would argue the system is there to prevent it. It's just that the system is imperfect. I would say that is the goal. It's not that we're not trying to prevent every accident if well, we Well, then could. if you want to prevent this kind of thing, then you have to agree that all dogs should be banned, and that's it. That would never, okay. that would end all dog bites in society. All right, right next, topic, that. <laughs> next topic. <laughs> no, but, and obviously that's just not practical. When I say that that is a goal of the system, but it's just not practical, we can't achieve that. Um, that's the thing for me. And, and one of the things that I'm sort of thinking about when, when you're out in the country, I, I, I'm aware that there are these dog packs that, that tend to form as mm -hmm. stray dogs. The country is in some respects you know, a wilder place than the city uh, in those kinds of ways. Um, so again, if you banned uh, the, the, this, these particular Rottweilers, I'm sure the next story would be about a different kind of dog. And uh, I recall when I was a kid being badly bitten by a collie at that time, and I was told that they could be sort of a cranky kind of a dog. Let's go to the phone. 643-1290 is the telephone number. And we're the decidedly uncranky left, right, and center crew here this morning. And Salvador joins us. Good morning, Sal. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Um, yesterday, I was talking with the neighbor of the owners of the of the of the dog yes and he mentioned that he was chasing away the dog the dog was running running lost ah, so he chased the dogs away no oh uh, you mean previously or on this particular day in this particular day like uh, yesterday okay like yeah. yesterday in the morning he was chasing the dog because he owns another dog right so he saw the two Rottweilers running loose, mm -hmm. so he chased them. Mm -hmm. So actually, yeah, I, I believe that if any is responsible, he's the owner of the dog, mm -hmm. like another kid. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't agree that the, we should ban that type of dog because it might be more dangerous than others? No, I think it's the owner responsible. All right, Sal, thanks for the call. You are. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Lenora, is that you? It's me. Hi, thanks for calling back, too. Well, thank you for allowing me to, Jim. Um, Lenore, Bob made the point a moment or two ago that we could uh, we could ensure that no one is ever harmed by a dog ever again by banning right. all dogs. But right. That's not exactly what you're saying. Well, no. First of all, I think it's really important that um, you realize and your guests realize that, first of all, when we talk about dogs, and, and the reason that, that, and I'll talk about pit bulls right now because that's the main dog that I studied. Um, these are a man-made breed. They're not a natural breed of dogs. These were bred um, to kill. And what has happened over the centuries is with these dogs, they, the, the, they become so unpredictable because they are interbred with their siblings, their parents, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. so on and so forth. So what has happened, which is ex why it is explained that these are unprovoked attacks when they're family pets is because their brains, uh, actually their brains are of abnormal size as well, um, just seem to snap. And 
I guess what I wanted to really, uh, something that one of your guests, I don't know who it was, that brought up about genetics. Uh, we know that if we took a, a family and we year after year just kept breeding with parents, mm -hmm. these children kept having the parents' kids, mm -hmm. we would end up having, um, well, how do I say it, <laughs> abnormal um, genetics. But, very, that's, but that's the case uh, with virtually every breed, though, Joanne, or, or, or Lenore. What do you mean? Well, all of the all of the breeds are kind of interbred with each other and intergenerational breeds. Oh, not so. to this degree at all. Absolutely not. Well, why, why are they um, any different? But anyway, let me just. I I just wanted to mention this because you said about we can't um, get rid of weird people. Mm -hmm. But when you do this enough, you you have people that are um, in that you, that can't even function in society. Mm -hmm. So we know that that causes problems with character and the brain of, of human beings. Now, now, Lenore, so why are we surprised that it is like that with this particular breed of dog? When, when these dog breeders sell these dogs to the public, mm -hmm. do they inform them that the dogs have been interbred? And oh, that they're, well, then aren't the laws already in place to prevent fraud? Isn't that a case, again, where we have laws in place that people have no yeah, access to? Yeah, that aren't working. Right. And so because the, the proper law isn't being administered properly, we run to another law. Yeah, get rid that, of them completely. Let's allevi alleviate the problem. Well, but then you're doing a blanket alleviation. For example, I owned, a, I owned a Rottweiler. Before. I owned a Rottweiler for 10 years. Mm -hmm. That dog would never bite anyone. Even one time when he was seriously injured and there were strangers over his body, you know, and he was in pretty much pain, you'd think he'd snap at somebody. Never did once. Yeah, but that... You know, and, that, and that's one of the that breeds that everybody's talking are, about. I mean... I can't, everyone's, everyone's pet dog never is vicious or attacks anyone until they do. But Lenore, I think, it, you know, and you made the comment earlier that, that uh, every dog owner will say their dog is a good dog. Right. But, but why is Bob's experience of having a Rottweiler that was a good dog, why is his any less valid than an experience where a Rottweiler bites somebody? Because when they do attack and, and bite someone, it's so severe that to me, the rights of someone that's been an, an attacked supersede your right to have it. Yeah, and and I think that it's, it's obviously um, great that it never attacked anyone, but that could have been luck as well. Well, and I guess there are two aspects of this. One is that I was thinking about Bob's thing, which is that uh, civil liberty usually includes the right to go to hell in your own way as long as it doesn't interfere with someone else's life. Right. As you say, the problem here is that it interferes dramatically with someone else's life the first Absolutely. time. Well, let, let, let me address something here very fundamental. Lenore said that one right supersedes another. I'm sorry, there's no such right in the universe that supersedes well, another right. Everyone has equal rights. Three pit bulls in their backyard. Their right to own those dogs supersede my right to feel safe putting my kids in the backyard. Well, again, I agree that you should have the right to feel safe in your backyard. But all that means is that places a stronger responsibility on the owner of the dogs. Yeah, but you to, know what? In our, to to in make our, sure in that you feel that way. In our backyard, what happened is I watched two pit bulls scale a five-foot fence within seconds into my backyard. So, well, then you've got a case to get rid of those pit well, we bulls did. right we then and there. And they, were, they were put down. Well, then the system um, works. Oh, it worked after our cat was well. You know, that's like saying that's like saying you want to arrest murderers before they kill somebody because you're upset that the system only works after the fact. Okay, so then let me ask you this: Why don't we just not have, like as you said earlier, um, you know, you 
walk outside, you could have a heart attack, or this, that, and the other. Why do we have any preventative laws for anything, then? If that's the way you want to just have a blanket, you know, you can die doing anything. Why do I tell my kids, you know, look before you cross the road? My niece was run over on her front lawn. So should I tell my kids not to look both ways before they cross the street anymore? I well, mean, I think that that's a little bit of a non-sequitur. I think that's a little bit of a non-sequitur. I think what you want to live is, is in a society where people have freedom and can feel enjoy safe. their lives with things and that maybe you don't like. Maybe you don't like dogs and somebody oh, else I does. I had a dog. <laughs> but, or a particular time. breed that someone else might like a lot. It might add to their enjoyment of life. The issue is, do they have a right to enjoy their lives as long as they're being responsible doing that? Or are you saying that your right just to feel a certain way, even if they don't threaten you? Uh, supersedes theirs. I can't accept that second option because if we start thinking like that, then we're going to have a, just a massive pile of laws in the country and then we won't have any freedom left. But how does it work? How does it work other places then? Well, it works recursively. All laws are recursive. You have to, you know, if you really want to make sure pet owners are responsible, you make sure you have laws in place that hold them responsible. Well, uh it failed terribly. Well, I haven't child. seen it fail. Well, yeah, yeah it wasn't prevented. Is what case. you're no saying. question about that. And you can't and put a force field around somebody. You no, know? But, but all the, we ban things all the time. We get enough evidence about something being dangerous that we ban it. And if it is the case that they can gather enough evidence no, me, that you can predict a particular breed or a particular uh, situation where something's going to cause harm to little kids, or whatever, we ban it. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, as Jim even stated with the veterinarians that he spoke to, um, they admit that these are predisposition dogs for vicious attacks if they're provoked or unprovoked or unpredictable. Like, not, you just don't know. That's not and what I said. you might never have one that has any problem, but they are an aggressive dog. Lenore, that's not what I said. What I said, okay, that, what what I, what I said the vets have told me that there may be dogs that are physically predisposed and more dangerous than other dogs. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, Lenore, okay, I, we, I want you to stay with us. We've got you on the lock here, but we've got some other people that want to join us. So I'd, if you've got the time, stay with us, will you? Okay, thanks. Okay, we've got Darren up next. Hi, Darren. How are you doing today? Fine, thanks. Good. Um, I'm wondering, nobody said anything about uh, what triggered these attacks. I don't think we know that. That's, that's the thing that gets me, because nine times out of ten, dogs that are like your next-door neighbor, they don't normally just come up to you and, and tear you to shreds. Well, that's it's, actually, it's, there's been many it's not a, it, that It's not happened. a common thing. I mean, this is a little kid. Um, I'm sure... Well, the previous caller, Sal, suggested that the dogs were running loose in the neighborhood. Yeah, they were. That was in the paper, actually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, see, what I see as failed here is not the law, but the, the, the responsibility on the part of the owners. Well, this is true, yeah. So, do we get rid of the owner or the dog? <laughs> well, you have to deal with the owner. The dogs aren't, don't exist anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, it, it's... It, I don't know if it bred into the dogs to be vicious or if uh, if if it was just something that maybe the kid did. I mean, we we got to look at that. He's playing his like, own yard. Well, you're not going to start blaming a kid. You know? No, no, I don't want to place blame on anybody, but I don't think it's fair that just the dogs all of a sudden got destroyed. There was a kid in the state, um, an eight-year-old kid just recently, that was standing at a bus stop minding his own business and was killed by two Rottweilers. Yeah, but there was so, a... Yeah, but, here was a situation. This kid was just standing at a bus stop. But, Lenore, there was a story in Toronto a couple of years ago of a, of a mother and her child who were standing at a bus stop and were killed by a guy who came was driving a high-powered car and came through a stoplight and ran over and killed both of them. Yeah. So, so is our response then, uh, should we ban all high-powered automobiles? Again, I think you're really stretching to say... No, I think it's exactly the, exactly the same principle. I'm just trying to... 
I'm to, I want to talk about the principle, and it's exactly the same principle. In that case, those people were innocently standing there, and they were killed by something that, that in a sense, is as preventable as, as our dog attacks if we follow your logic. Right. So, and which, is, which is why we have laws about drinking and driving and everything the else. The guy wasn't drunk. He just had a high-powered car that got away from him. <laughs> now, we, we, could, we could ban all, you know, cars over 50 horsepower if we wanted to. And, and it, I, what I'm trying to say here, Lenore, is I don't see the difference between what you want to do and doing that. And there's no societal uh, uh, impetus to do that that I'm aware of. Well, no, there is. And uh, to me, it comes back to predictability again. If somebody's going to suggest that this is something that's happening all over the place, then it's going to happen. And most cars nowadays have speed limiters. That, but, it that, isn't, but it isn't happening all over the place. It happens once in a while. It's a tragedy well, when it happens, and it's the same as the dogs. It's a tragedy when it happens, but it's not happening all over the place. Well, that's the question. Is it happening all over the place, or is it we just become aware of these things from time to time? If it turns out that there is a pattern and they can establish that these that these particular breed or whatever are much more well, likely than others to cause problems, then to me, you may have something. Well, there. let me tell you something. I have yet to ever hear of a ring of poodles that are in dog fighting, and the reason that we don't have rings of poodles in dog fighting is because they don't have the physical or mental capability of doing such a thing. Well, they now, have the mental me, capability. One more, let me just finish this real quick. A pit bull, for example, can be shot in the head and still continue to attack. Now, if I was being bitten by an, an, another, another type of dog, you can usually hit them in the head with your foot and mm -hmm. it would knock them out. Mm -hmm. With a pit bull, it doesn't do that, which is why these dogs are used in dog fighting rings. Mm -hmm. And these dog fighting things have been going on for a very long time. And these are really dangerous people. Okay, Lenora, last word to you, Darren. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, the onus comes back to the owner. Is that is that what where you're going with uh, with this, Lenore? Like you're saying, banning banning all of these creatures. Like well, there are yeah, people I think are, that. Yeah, there are I people who are responsible with their pets. The big thing you've got to think about is where these people are getting these pets, and and I think it comes down to the pet stores. But what about um, the number of pet people? Stores, well, no, if you think pet stores are people who just quickly, well, you know, they got, their dogs, they got their dogs pregnant. Um, they just want to get rid of the puppies. They don't screen where the animals are going. Pet stores are, they're, they're just happy to sell you a dog as long as you've got the money. Yeah, there's there's no a lot screening. of pet stores that are, are involved in puppy mills, too. Yeah. So. Uh, exactly. Darren, so, that's, so, so maybe that's where it goes to. And instead, of, instead of banning animals, maybe we should just get more of a... I hate to say it, but legislation on who who can actually sell animals and who should actually have animals. Yeah. Darren, I appreciate your call, sir. Thank okay, you. Then, thank you. We have to pose for a uh, pose for a moment. Well, we'll pose too. But we have to pause for a moment. We'll be back with uh, Bob and Jeff and Lenore right after this. This is Left, Right, and Center with uh, Jeff and Bob and Jim, and Lenore's been helping us out this morning, uh, holding up her end of the conversation. We've got some more people waiting on the phone. We want to get Matt with us. Hi, Matt. Hi. Yes, sir. Um, I just want to comment on Lenore's uh, comment there about the poodles. Yes. Um. There's been known attacks from poodles, uh, collies, and all that. They, they're just oh, yes, bad at temperament, but they don't put that in the paper. Well, because you don't usually hear of anyone dying from a poodle attack, for one thing. Lenore, how many people have died from dog attacks in the last one, two, three, four, five years? Do you have any stats on that? Oh, not recent ones, no, Jim. As I say, I studied them, it was 12 years well, ago. Even old ones, 12 years ago, how many people in a, in a year would die in Canada from a dog attack? Well, actually, there's a lot more in the States, because there weren't as many in Canada 12 well, so years ago. But anyway, I, off country. the top of my head, I wouldn't just throw out a number without... I'd have to look it up, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 
as I say, I haven't... Would you think there'd be more than might have been killed stepping in front of a bus, for example, or, or skydiving, or... Yeah, I would say yes. To be more than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, you include mauling, surely. Like, it's not, you don't just draw the line of being killed. Like, if a little kid is mauled, that's something that's bad. You want oh, to absolutely. prevent it, so... Well, yeah. I mean, we actually, there was, there was a case that uh, um, stands out very clearly in my mind, actually. It was a six-week-old baby that was in the house and sleeping in his crib, and I believe this was in Chicago, and the pet family dog that had been a very loving pet actually ate the baby. They had to actually... That's caused it a jealousy, though. Yeah, but they don't usually... Dogs will, will attack an, an infant. They don't usually eat them. That's the difference. Mm, maybe he was hungry. And I don't, I'm not being flippant, but maybe he was hungry. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what the other circumstances were there. Matt, final word to you? Uh, I've owned, like, dogs all my life. I've owned big dogs, Rottweilers, pit bulls, bull mastiffs, bouviers, and none of my dogs have had bad temperament. Like, they've been trained, and my final word is, it's the owner. All right, thanks for the call. Okay. Appreciate it, Matt. And uh, Angela's with us next. Hi, Angela. Hi. Um, I, th I think um, they're probably never going to be able to get rid of these dogs, but why not put into legislation that all dogs have to be muzzled? Yeah, well, we, d we are able to do that in some, in some municipalities. London, unfortunately, uh, I couldn't get that passed. And um, another comment that I wanted to make, too, different um, events going on in Victoria Park. Lately, especially, I've noticed there's been more dogs almost than people, mm -hmm. or just as many. And is there any kind of rule against that? No, not as long as they're on a leash. None of them muzzled or anything. And, I mean, you've got a lot of little kids running around. And, I mean, that's fine, you know, if you want to have your pets and everything. But I don't feel that they should have to impose them on us. Yeah, it's you know, no good, one has any pooper scoopers. No, it's, it's a good point, and it's one that's been raised repeatedly. My understanding is the city could ban dogs from those public parks. So, I mean, they, they do ban them from most of the other parks. Um, that's why we have that special Bill Armstrong Memorial Dog Park out in the east end there. Um, why they have chosen not to do it in Victoria Park, I don't know. Well, just even especially when there's special events yeah. going on. There's yeah. so many people. Yeah, I've, And I've, one woman, I mean, she even had, she had a pit bull. No muzzle, mm -hmm. you know, it's just on a big, long yeah. leash. Yeah, and, and these are places where there are lots of little kids, and these dogs um, have the instinct, like, of uh, prey. So little kids are very small and short, and they see kids running, and uh, particularly ones that have been raised to, to be um, spiders, yes. automatically go after them. And the other thing, actually, which I thought I've taught my children, is you never, ever, with any dog, but particularly these two breeds, um, have eye contact? No. Yeah, because that for them is how they're trained to when they're in the the pen to fight. Is they are put very close at eye length or eye level, mm -hmm. and then that's what the, the fighting begins. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. You know, there's been many occasions that I've gone down to um, functions at Victoria Park. Actually, there was an ice cream one out in I can't remember where it was this summer, and uh, I have two children and. I saw so many Rottweilers and pistols, and I my heart panics. Like I just kind of go freeze. Well, and I I've think, got a little one in a stroller. Yeah, and, and you want to get out. I steer. I mean, honestly, I steer the stroller as far away from those dogs. So, Angela, Angela, yes. do you do you think they should be banned? Then is that the answer? I, you know, I really don't know, Jim. I mean, a lot of things in our society are banned, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. I think you know what they should do is make it a legislation. The dogs have to be muzzled. Yeah. Okay. The first, at the very least. The first time that um, they 
see that the dogs aren't muzzled, animal control should come out and levy a nice big fine. But what happens, Angela, if the dogs are in the owner's backyard, big high fence? It doesn't uh, matter. So they you can still get, they can dig out. No, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is where does the responsibility lie? Then? If we say if you've got one of these dogs, you're going to take it out in public, it must be muzzled. But a responsible pet owner has a backyard, has a big high fence, um, but on a given day, the dogs manage to get over or under and go out and bite somebody. Yeah, but actually, Jim, in some municipalities, they also have to be muzzled even if they're in their own backyard. Yeah. If they go out of your house, they have to be muzzled. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And Tough life for a dog, isn't it? They should... Oh, um, you want one, you got yeah, it. I, I wouldn't support that. I think the whole issue of public property, though, is a separate one, and that your case is much stronger there. Uh, you know, Lenore, you, br you brought up that we make regulations about drinking and driving, but that those regulations only pertain to public property, the city streets. You can drink and drive on your own property. There's nothing illegal about that. Well, you know, this this is kind of what really annoys me, is that everyone's, you know, my dog, my dog would never bite anybody. My dog would never do this. My dog would never do that. And then, you know, eventually, you know, maybe their dog does bite somebody, and it's, you know, oh, you know, I can't believe this happened. You know, and I'm I'm tired of it. You know, but it's it's a good point. But you can take it. You can if, if you if you take that as far as it will go, or even partway as far as it would go, you can say the same thing. For example, about uh, about a teenager who's been in trouble with the law, who's been violently uh, acted violently, been apprehended and been sentenced, and so on and so on. You can make the same argument. You can say, now that kid's parents are going to say, my kid's a good kid, maybe slipped up once. Uh, you know, come on, we'll give him a break. Following your logic, we should say nope. Let's lock him up because we know he's capable of doing this crime. Let's lock him up and he won't do it again. Okay, but Jim, you know what? I, why is it that you that a constantly compare animals we with, have the with dogs, I mean, humans with animals? No, it's I not. Mean, it's not the compare. It's not the human animal comparison. It's the situation. It it's the situation <laughs> comparison. It's the response to a situation. Do we say that we think this might happen? And ergo, because it might happen, we're going to take steps to prevent it. Well, if, if we're in fact going to do that, then shouldn't we do it across the board? Well, we did it with seatbelts. Again, that was on public property. You, you can regulate all you want on public property. Well, you, you know what? I don't know how... You got a hard to drive that, back that, and well, forth on my have, driveway. I mean, don't I mean, we have rules about where we keep... Um, we have legislation about where we keep firearms in our homes. Yeah, yeah. whether yes, but Although, I mean, like, there are lots of rules where you're governed on private property. We can't have a loaded gun sitting around in the house, can we? Well, not legally, but that, I think that rule is irrational exactly. too. But, but, you, but I, you I don't agree with the rule. But you can't legally let your Rottweiler run, run free either. I mean, or you're breaking dog, and that's and I, you're and breaking I would like the law doing that, that too. Perfectly clear. I think there are so many irresponsible dog owners of all breeds. I am so sick of walking down the street and seeing dogs run free, oh, or I, mean, I go to a park, yep. and someone let their dog off their leash, yep. and oh, he won't All hurt you. Yeah, I said, no, yeah. excuse me, yeah, please that's not put the your point. dog well, on a leash. Well, there's your perpetrator, the irresponsible owners. You just said it yourself. Now, and you, I've now, never disputed that. Yeah, but you should never waste time and effort and money on putting legislation in the place to make dogs illegal when, 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 dogs. when what we're doing... Don't, don't, don't put... I didn't say dogs. <laughs> well, a dog. A dog, know, a certain it, type of dog. Like there There's are certain of types of knives that are illegal. Mm -hmm. Correct? Mm -hmm. Why? Should they be, be, Why? Well, because we have a government that wants to control people and take oh, away their well rights. Then. As well, and because a lot anything. of people are killed I mean, with knives here in Canada. Yeah. Try and answer that. Though. Why are there some types of knives? Knives are not illegal, but certain types well, the of only knives types, the are, only types are of, illegal. The only types of knives that I'm uh, aware of that are illegal are those that are easily, easily concealed. Switchblades. Switchblades and so on. Well, no, there's one. Oh, I'm actually just reading about it. I can't remember what. Anyway, um, there is one. Maybe it's not in Canada. Well, maybe but there's one, but. 
Well, no, but that, that, that's my point, But though. if you're asking why knives are illegal, it's because we have irrational legislators who think that that's going to do something to solve Well, I'm time. happy to be irrational, then, because I <laughs> think that we need to get rid of, of pit bulls and rottweilers because it's just not worth putting people's lives at risk and people's health and welfare at risk for the sake of someone saying, I am allowed to own this dog. All right. That, Lenore, I appreciate you joining us. And the same to you, Angela. Thanks for being part of the program okay, today. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye for now. Bye. And we are going to go to uh, Mike next. Hello, Mike. Jim, how are you? Fine, thanks. What's the difference between a Rottweiler, a pit bull, and a gun? Well, I, w I would suppose the answer would be the gun doesn't do anything by itself. Well, I know when a gun's going off, you're right. You know? Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. So I, I like Angela, you know. Let's just make the legislation for dogs the same as for guns. Mm -hmm. um, you got to have a trigger lock, right? Mm -hmm. That's a muzzle. Mm -hmm. Okay, you got to have safe storage. Mm -hmm. So they're in your backyard. Now you do the high fence, like you said, and what have you. Mm -hmm. Put them on the lead in the yard with the high fence. Do everything that's reason reasonable and possible mm -hmm. without, you know, tying the dog up but to, you, but, to a wall. You know. But Lenore's point is, why go to all that trouble? Why not just ban the dog? And then you don't have to worry about any of the rest of it. Well, then, uh, then ban everything. Ban cars, they kill people. Ban That's guns, kill people. And That's rakes and baseball bats and knives. And you, you can't ban everything. And, and uh, uh, a gun will do no harm. A person with a gun possibility of doing some harm. It's the same with the dogs. But uh, Angela's absolutely right. I mean, we live in London. We know what goes on. And, mm -hmm. and everybody knows and everybody's whining and the politicians ignore it. And yeah. it's the, the Victoria Park thing. Yeah. Have your dog bring your little baggie to pick up the droppings and put a muzzle on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm more, I love dogs. I'm more worried about stepping on one and hurting it. I'm a big guy. You know, yeah. I don't want to hurt the dog. Yeah, good but, point. But if you do step on it, they have to bite you in the calf, and you know that. Mm -hmm. So uh, just put a muzzle on them. It doesn't hurt the dog, and everybody's safe, and everybody can own what they want to own. All right, thanks for the call, Mike. Okay. Appreciate it. We'll be back right after this. This is 1290 CJBK Talk of the Town, left, right, and center. Right and center on 1290 CJBK, and Steve has been waiting patiently. Hi, Steve. Hi, how you doing, Jim? Fine, thanks. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Um... I didn't get to hear a lot of it, but uh, are they talking about breeding just or um, banning just this one particular breed? Well, Lenore's concern was that yet yeah, two breeds actually. She was worried about Rottweilers and pit bulls. Her research indicates to her that these are genetically dangerous animals. Okay, now you know what's going to happen five years down the road if you do ban these two breeds. You're going to be banning mastiffs next. Mm -hmm. That'll be the popular the breed. In there. Yeah. It seems like every so many years a breed becomes popular. And that popular breed runs into trouble. Well, the point was made earlier, too, about, about what we now call German Shepherds. Back in the 20s and 30s, they were usually referred to as Alsatians. Right. And they were seen to be vicious, just the same kind of a reputation as Dobies and, and Rottweilers have now. Well, here we are, 30, 40, 50 years later, they're no longer Alsatians, they're German Shepherds, a lovely name, and they're police dogs, and they're on the side of all, or the side of all that's right and good and true. Mm -hmm. People don't seem to worry about the, the previously violent reputation that those dogs had. Well, when I was growing up, it was Dobermans they wanted to ban. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't hear anything about Dobermans because they're not a popular breed anymore. Mm -hmm. I think St. Bernard's went through that once, too. Yeah, and you get into, then you get into the, the backyard breeding, which that's you got to stop that. Yeah. Because you get people that are only in it for the money. Yeah. As soon as the breed becomes popular, it takes off. Yeah, crank out and as many as they can. people are in it for the money. Yeah. 
and that's when these dogs are getting into trouble, and, and that, they're not bad dogs. And that is an area that could, I believe, if you're going to legislate anything, that's an area to look at some legislation, because bring it in conformity with the other animal care rules and laws that we have out there. We should not, puppy mills should be, uh, well, I guess in a sense they are sort of illegal, but in, in, to my mind they should be illegal. There's no excuse for somebody breeding an animal indiscriminately. Well, well there, have, there again, uh, I see the issue as fraud. I think the issue is a fundamental fraud made in the marketplace to someone who buys a dog thinking it's going to be safe, mm -hmm. and, and it isn't, and, it isn't yeah. and that that person should have recourse to the seller. And if that's part of the system that's not working, that's the part we got to fix. Yeah. I have a, a two-year-old Rottweiler, and uh, I've got a breeding contract from a reputable breeder. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got an excellent temperament. We didn't go out and get him right away. We bought books before we even got him. Mm -hmm. We studied up on them. It took us about eight months for us to decide to get one or not. Yeah. And we do have two children, and uh, they love them. And um, I think it comes down to uh, maybe legislating the breeders. But you see, Steve, Lenore's point was that your children, even as we speak, are at risk from that dog. She, her contention is that you have no way of knowing when that dog will turn on those kids. Here's one thing you got to watch out for. If the dog's in the yard, the kids aren't in the yard. That's mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. the, the dog and the kids are never alone. Mm -hmm. And my wife, uh, she's a housewife, and uh, so she's home all the time, or the kids are at school or whatever. And whenever the dog is outside, he's outside by himself, or we're out there with him. Yeah. That's, that's one thing you got to really watch out for. Stevie, thanks for the call today. Uh, thank you. Good to hear from Bye. you. Bye bye. Georgina's up next. Hi, Georgina. Hi, Steve. How are you, Jim? How are you? <laughs> Sorry. Um, first of all, before we, uh, I start talking about the dogs, um, the comments about uh, we don't legislate things on your private property. If you're impaired and you go to move your car from your driveway into the garage, uh, the moment you unlock your car door, you're, you can be charged with impaired driving. Is that right? Yes. Or if you uh, put your car in, like if right now, this morning you get up and start your car and go out and shovel your driveway while your car is idling, mm -hmm. you can be charged for leaving your, your uh, having keys in your car. Well, they, um, yeah, just for having keys in yeah, your car. Okay. Well, there are lots of laws that, that govern private okay. property. Anyway, you see, but that's where I would draw the line. I'd say that that's illegitimate. You know, they can't touch you till you cross that line. Well, apparently. That's well, legal, the legal is always a couple not, years ago. You know, yeah, and legal but, is always not consistent with what should be, as far as I'm concerned. That's true. Okay, what about the dogs? About then, the dogs. I think that if you're going to own a dog, you have to learn to be, like, you have to be a responsible person to have a dog. Mm -hmm. But what about, what about the idea? anybody that has a dog yeah. that's greater than, say, 25 pounds mm -hmm. should, be, should be mandated to um, carry a special insurance policy. But that's to cover that dog. But that doesn't solve the problem that Lenore was concerned no, about. No, it doesn't solve the problem. But if you try to ban the dog outright, what you'd end up with is an underground society of dogs. Mm-hmm where they're going to be kept in, kept in the house all the time and, and just in inhumane conditions. Mm -hmm. Because it's like the ferrets, um, when ferrets became allowed in the city, all of a sudden a whole bunch of them came out of the woodwork. Yep. Well, if you ban the dogs, they'll still be there, but they'll be underground. And maybe more dangerous for that, eh? Maybe more dangerous because they'll be, be ke being kept in inhumane conditions. Yeah. But I do believe dog owners should be mandated to carry special insurance policies to cover damages by, that could be done by their dogs. Yeah. Because um, it seems that a lot of the people that own the dogs are people who um, <laughs> just don't have a lot of means. Yeah. To, um, but, but how do you enforce that? Well, you just, it's, it's um, part of their, like, we have to have dog licenses, right? 
Yes. So when you apply for your dog license, you you uh, have to state that you have this po policy with this insurance company. But, I mean, you can fake a, uh, not a dog license, but you can fake a dog tag or get another dog tag or an old dog. Do we want police walking around checking the collars it's of dogs? It's not going to be foolproof, Jim. Yeah. But it's, it's the principle, It's an then. attempt to make, pe to make people mm. realize their responsibilities and um, the expenses of having a dog. Like when somebody goes to get a dog, they say, well, gee, it costs so much for a license. Well, okay, it costs so much for a license, it costs so much for food, and it costs so much for the insurance. Yeah. But what would you say to a guy like Steve, who was just uh, the caller before you, who was perfectly responsible, told us how he separated his kids from his dogs at the right time? Aren't we, in a sense, penalizing him for the irresponsible actions of other owners? Don't we do that all the time, though? That's sort of what but, insurance but is. But is that what we should be doing with our government? Making, but, passing unjust laws to people who are innocent? But this be a means to compensate people who are, um, no. are, are either personally or their properties are damaged. Well, mm. I'm not saying that, that Steve wouldn't be responsible for anyone's, you know, damage to property caused by his animal. That's an, that, the insurance issue is a separate issue aside. Whether we have insurance or not, you still got to pay. Well, basically, George, I want to come back to the original story here. Then you don't believe these these dogs should be banned. You don't think that's the best way to do it. I don't think it's this. a feasible thing. All right. Thanks so, for the call. It's, in other words, no, I, I I agree with you. Don't ban them because you, you can't do something that's not feasible. All right. Thanks for the okay, call. Bye bye. We'll be right back. More to come on 1290 CJBK. And we're right back to the phones with caller Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you? Fine, thank you. I got three comments. Yes. First comment is your previous caller. Mm hmm. Why would you own a dog that you could not trust to leave alone with your children? Mm -hmm. that, 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 to me, is not much of a family pet. Okay. And that says a lot about the, that, that says a lot about the species. Mm -hmm. The second one is, I'm sitting in my driveway here, and I have now watched two dogs by, unleashed, mm -hmm. with no owners in sight. Mm -hmm. I've also got a dog, person that is four houses down from me, whose dog is constantly running around the front of that yard, no collar, no tags, Nipping at cars that drive by. Yeah. Now, my, now my, my two kids have to walk by that house twice a day to and from school. Mm -hmm. Well, the so again, we're, my, my again we're back. Again, we're back. Yeah. It, it comes down to the owners. Yeah. You've got to legislate. I don't care what you call it. Um, well, you've have got you called to the police? Call? Any dog that is off property without an owner beside it, attached to it. It all falls back on the owner of the oh, the, uh, the owner of the dog. But my understanding is that is illegal now. Have you called the called the police about it? Uh, not yet. Yeah, but I, I I heard this well, story about the little boy. I, I was in tears. My yeah. wife was in tears because yeah. we have two small children. But Bob Bob raises a good point here, though, Paul. That's where the system falls apart. If people yeah. don't report these animals, then you know, how can we expect any more than what we're getting? Well, you know, it's sad what happened. Um, the guy that owns these two dogs. Uh, you know, I mean, you you nail him with a five thousand, ten thousand dollar fine for what happened. Uh, you, you know, I, I think other people will stop. Look, listen, watch. Think, mm -hmm. oh my God, you know, that's that's pretty expensive. Hit mm -hmm. them where it counts. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, now their dogs are tied up. Their dogs are behind fences. I think it's atrocious what happened. I think, but I think people's attitudes too towards these dogs, uh, like you know, I mean, and I think your previous caller said it all. He. He researched it. He's got one, yet he won't leave it alone with his kid. Mm -hmm. You know, you know. But by the same, by the same the token, no. By the but, same token, if he was a gun owner, a responsible gun owner, he wouldn't leave his kids alone with a gun either. No, but anybody with common sense, Jim, wouldn't either. Okay. 
I mean, do you, I mean, we're 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 crossing lines here. Anybody with any kind of common sense about them is not going to leave a child with, with a gun. Of course not. But what's I don't understand why you think that if he's researched this, he understands this animal and says, no, I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to leave it with my children. I, also, I don't. Yeah, but he understands that this dog, at any time, could react. Uh, unlike a golden retriever, uh, unlike a lot of other dogs, mm -hmm. you know, um, these dogs, like 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 the guy in the paper that they said said we don't understand what makes them tick and if i don't understand what makes something tick i'm sure it's not going to have it around my house all right okay appreciate the call paul okay thank you sir and barb's up next hi barb hi just about out of time here quick comment from you okay i say keep the dogs on a leash i don't care what kind of breed it is yep. my children are terrified of dogs they mm -hmm. go to the park you ask people to tie up the dog yep. and they get mad I think it's just ridiculous. It would the whole problem would be solved if you tie the dogs up. Well, call your call your council member and tell them you want the whatever is required to make that happen in our city. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And very quickly to Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Um, I think no matter what kind of dog it is, it should be on a leash. I was unfortunate enough four years ago to be bit by a dog who I've known for a long time, mm -hmm. known to be a very friendly dog, mm -hmm. who I spoke to every day. And one day just stepped out of my car and said, hello, like always, and he bit me. Mm -hmm. And I've been sick for four years, forced to lose my job. I think it would be wonderful if they'd had an insurance policy. Now I collect a, a disability pension through social services. Mm -hmm. from, from a dog bite? Well, I was never sick before. Mm -hmm. And it was four years ago this March, and I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. Right. Bonnie, what about banning particular breeds? Do you support that? No, no, it has to be all all the same rules for all dogs because this was just a regular hound dog. Okay, thanks you for know. the call, Bonnie. Appreciate right. it. Larry, the last word to you, sir. Oh, thank you, Jim. I'd like to agree with your earlier comment, and that is uh, if you've ever seen what a pack of poodles can do to a community, it can be pretty uh, pretty dangerous. A pack of poodles. A pack of poodles. So I agree with you. You know, you can train those poodles to be killers. Well, you can train any dog to be a killer. There you go. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. I don't know whether Larry had his tongue in his cheek or not. <laughs> Vivid uh, image. The poodle yeah. pack, yeah. yeah. But in fact, if you talk to people who know about dogs, they will tell you that poodles can be very aggressive, they're very intelligent, and they can be very dangerous, too. Uh, I don't know if we've resolved anything. Uh, five seconds for you, Jeff. Anything you want to sum up? Well, I think I'm sort of swinging towards Lenore, actually. So. Okay, Robert? I think if we see dogs running loose, we should tell the authorities about it. Patrol those parks a little more. That's where the action's at. All right. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who participated in the program today. A very lively one on a number of topics. Tomorrow on the program, London's police chief, Al Gramolini, is here to answer your questions. Get to know the new, chief, the new chief. You can talk about what's going on in our city, what you'd like to see happen. He's got some things to tell us, too, about uh, what's happening with the force. We've also got... Uh, Dave Hodgins, our fire chief, will be with us tomorrow. We're going to talk about fire safety and fire drills and have a couple people who very nearly lost their lives in a fire here in the city and were saved because they knew what to do. We've all, we're also going to talk about moving, one of the most traumatic things in our lives. We've got Lori Cushman from Campbell Brothers Movers. He'll be in to talk about what that's all about, too. Plus, we got a whole bunch of other stuff, including, we hope, Norbert Reinhardt, the man who was uh, held hostage and has been released. Anyway, for all the folks here, it's Jim saying take care of each other, mind how you go, and we'll see you tomorrow.